You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. I'm not that old lady with a prayer shawl. <laughs> That's what I thought intercession was for, was for those people and those weird people that were, you know, socially awkward. Uh, although I love the Lord and I desired intimacy with the Lord, I didn't understand how that could be married to prayer. And so it, there was no uh, in prayer beholding the beauty of the Lord and letting Him speak to my heart in that place of intimacy. And say so there's somebody that's not been talked a lot about. You understand them as judge, you understand them as this or that, but I've come to show the Father and, and He did it so well. Everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. I am your host, Darren Eubanks. This is episode number 66. This is our premiere episode for the second half of season three. We're doing this. This is awesome. We're still moving, still grooving. You guys are still listening, still tuning in. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for that. How's 2020 been going for you? (laughs) How has this year been going for you? I would love to hear from you. Shoot me an email, darren at kingdombringer.com. That's D-A-R-I-N at kingdombringer.com. Shoot me an email. I want to know how your 2020 has been going so far. I can only imagine. I can only imagine how your 2020 has been going. Probably similar to mine. Maybe. Here's the deal. I'm rested, guys. I am rested. I'm ready to roll. This has been such a a good time of rest for me and my family. It's been awesome. And we're rolling with episode 66 today. We talk with Robbie Atwood of 127 House of Worship in Somerset, Kentucky. This is an interview that's been a long time coming. I actually interviewed him a few months back, finished the episode. I was actually producing it, putting it all together, almost finished, and something happened with my computer, and I lost every bit of audio from that interview. I had it saved in two different places, and both of them were flatlined. They were kaput. It was no good. And you always hate that when you have a guest come on, when they take their time to meet with you, to do an interview, and you screw up big time. And that's what I did. I blew it. I blew it. But Robbie is a sweetheart. He is such a good guy. He's so humble, so amazing. We got back together, did a Zoom call, and recorded this episode for you right now. We get, we talk about the kingdom presence. Him and his team in Somerset, Kentucky, do an amazing job of stewarding the presence of God. This, this interview was actually recorded during the COVID-19 quarantine. So you'll hear some things about that, about the current state, which was during the quarantine. But 
his heart for the kingdom of God and the people that he's called to serve and love, he's doing it well. He's doing it so well. He is a passionate, passionate man. And I believe you will be blessed by this interview, by this episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. I value that so much. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, will you do me a favor? Will you, first of all, subscribe to the podcast? Hit that subscribe button. You'll be updated every time there's a new episode, and it just helps me out. I want more subscribers. And while you're listening, go on and scroll up, give us a rating and a review. Five-star rating. Tell us what you think about the podcast. All of that helps, I promise. It all helps. Will you do me a favor? Will you do that? Come on, family. Come on, family. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing. And then share it with your friends. That's it. Subscribe, rate, review, share. You did your part. That's it. Thank you so much. If you listen to us on Spotify, go ahead and follow. Follow the Kingdom Bringer podcast. It's the same as a Apple subscription. Please do that. And then share us wherever you're listening to us. Maybe you're listening to us on the Overcast app. Maybe you're listening to us on YouTube. Whatever it is, support it by sharing it. That would be awesome and helpful. Please visit kingdombringer.com. Check out the blogs. Check out the latest episodes. Uh, sign up for the email list. I'm, I'm getting that going again here. We're going to be sending out more emails trying to uh, connect with you guys, trying to open up uh, dialogue with you. So please go do that. That'd be awesome. I would absolutely be blessed by that. And you can support us here at the podcast by visiting that donate page on kingdombringer.com. You can give us a one-time gift. You can give us a monthly gift, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. It would be a blessing. I would appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Thank you for allowing this podcast to continue. Again, episode 66. This is Kingdom Presence with Robbie Atwood. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Be blessed. And man, I just, I want to apologize again for the last, that was heartbreaking for me to lose an entire interview like that. And (laughs) I'm, uh, no worries. I, sure. I thought I was going to be able to salvage it, but it was it was flatlined, man. I had no oh, no waveform at all, so it, yeah, it stunk. But I learned. I learned a oh. lesson. <laughs> I was really blessed by the the first time we talked when you were sharing with me kind of the heart behind one twenty seven, the heart behind where that that vision and that dream came from. Um, I feel like your your prayer your your journey into understanding prayer was very inspirational, the story mm-hmm. behind that. I feel mm-hmm. like it's very relatable. And uh-huh. I was going to see if you could kind of share that with me again, just kind of where where this whole 127 thing came from and uh, sure. in regards to intercession. I love that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so uh, it was back in 2006. Well, let me say it's in the end in the of 2005, fallish. Uh, the Lord began to uh, give me a scripture, Psalm 127. And it says, unless the Lord builds the house, does it build it labor in vain? And uh, it was it was a passage that the Lord just man encountered me with. And honestly, Darren, I can't remember where I, if I heard it preached or taught, but I just caught myself. I, I remember just being caught up in this passage. I mean, I would read it when I woke up. As soon as I woke up, I'd 
I just turn it, reading Psalm 127 before yeah. I go to bed, I'm reading Psalm 127. I'm just consumed with this passage. And, and what was interesting, I didn't even really know what it meant. I didn't know what it meant for me. I didn't, you know, I'd always heard Psalm 127 uh, related to the family. And so, you yeah. know, unless the Lord builds the family, right? Yes. The marriage, things like that. So, and uh, so that's all I really knew about that passage, but I knew it was in my heart and then it was burning in my heart. I'm thinking, okay, Lord, are you calling me to like a, a to establish a family ministry or like a focus on the family or something? Yeah. I didn't know, but yeah. I knew this scripture was on my heart. So I went to uh, just meditation on the, on this passage and just, just praying into it almost daily, just saying, Lord, what is this, this, this burning in my heart for Psalm 127. So uh, that went through uh, a few months in, in, in February of 2006. Uh, I'm riding up to uh, Cincinnati to go to the auction and I'm listening to a teaching by Lou Engel yeah. um, called Governmental Intercession. And uh, if you know anything about Lou, he's always going to talk about prayer and intercession anytime oh, yeah. that he talks. Oh, yeah. And he says this term, um, uh, the house of prayer. You know how he talks. The house of prayer. The Lord is raising <laughs> up the house of prayer. Yes. And then when he said that, I had heard how I'd heard that term before, house of prayer. I'd heard people speak on, you know, Matthew what's it? 20, 21, you know, Jesus going into the temple. You know, I'd heard that concept, but never had I heard somebody speak with such passion. And to the point that when he said that term house of prayer, I knew that that was connected to Psalm 127. And so I go, Oh, unless the Lord builds the house of prayer, that's what you've been talking to me about for six months. Like I didn't even, I had no idea. Still didn't know, honestly, Darren. I had yeah. no idea what was going on, but I knew my heart was coming alive. And so the Lord began to invite me that morning. I'm riding up 75 and in that car by myself, the Lord began to minister to me about this house of prayer. And he said, Robbie, I'm going to raise up the house of prayer. And I'm, I'm inviting you uh, to, to co-labor with me and to join join with me to, to lead the house of prayer in, in Kentucky. He made it specific for the state, Kentucky. And man, I just began to enter into just this dialogue with the Lord. And part of that dialogue was, okay, Lord, yes, I will do it. This burning in my heart. Yes, yes. Okay, Lord, what is the house of prayer? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you 100%, God. What are you talking about? (laughs) Right. There's a yes, but there's also a question mark after that yes, right? And so I'm sitting there going, okay, Lord, what is this house of prayer? And so he he just so, uh, so tenderly just began to lead me on a journey. Uh, about about a week after I had this encounter, this was actually uh, Valentine's Day, two thousand six, and we just celebrated fourteen years uh, of wow. this. The Lord speaking in my heart. That's awesome. So, but uh, it's about a week into it, I went to my pastor and I said, "Brother, his name is Mark." Uh, I said, "Brother Mark, the Lord has spoken and confirmed this Psalm one twenty seven. It's the house of prayer. He wants to build the house of prayer, and I think I'm supposed to help lead this house of prayer, whatever it is." And he's asking me, "What's a house of prayer?" I have no idea. But we'll figure it out. My heart's coming alive. I know that I'm called to do this. So he goes, oh, that's great. Well, I tell you what, uh, we have no one leading the prayer ministry. No, that's I said, Brother Mark, that's not why I came here. I didn't want to take over a prayer ministry. And I think I might have even told him. I, I know I thought it. I, I don't even like prayer. Yeah. You know, I, I know I know a person should pray. I should pray. I do pray a little. Uh, I honor prayer. My grandma's an intercessor. My mom's an intercessor. But me, uh I'm not that old lady with a prayer shawl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought intercession was for, was for those people yeah. and those weird people that were, you know, socially awkward. 
And, uh, and, and I said, stick him in the intercessor's room, man. Stick him in the intercessor's room. Right. Exactly. They had the closet. (laughs) Even at this church, it was this old room in the back that had a bunch of boxes and it was storage. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, no, you take this. I said, no, I don't want it. So making a long story short, I left that office with the prayer ministry and I leave going, Lord, okay. I don't even like to pray. I'm not sure I even know how to pray. Uh, if I'm going to do this prayer thing, uh, that's burning in me, I ask that you, you cause me to enjoy prayer. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know what caused me to pray that other than Holy spirit, just invite me into this joyful prayer, which is really what I think prayer should be for, for all of us. Right. And the Lord began to teach me the joys of prayer. And it, it was specifically related to identity and understanding whom I'm praying to and also where I'm praying from right? That seated position. So the Lord began to just take me on this journey. Uh, questions in my heart, had no idea. The Lord soon began to connect uh, the house of prayer to the tabernacle of David. And I began to see the connection. Uh, and so I had studied the tabernacle of David because I loved worship, yes. but I really didn't like prayer, right? So yeah. if I like worship, I like David, uh, you know, so the prayer thing I didn't know about, but the Lord began to connect uh, intercession with music harp and bowl, tabernacle of David to this house of prayer thing. And the marriage began to take place in my heart. I began to understand prayer in a whole new way. And then he began to teach me uh, about listening prayer and meditative prayer, contemplative prayer, more than just me talking. That's all I really knew, Darren, growing up was prayer. Honestly, yeah. prayer meetings for me was, a, was mostly the old people in the church who were in a room begging God for things they already had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so and when not, you, not from that seated position, when you say that, because it, that rings bells in my heart when you say that you didn't enjoy prayer, because I've been there and I think as a Christian, sometimes we have a hard time even admitting that for one, right. We have a hard time even saying like, I don't enjoy prayer. What did that, what did that mean for you when you could openly say, I didn't even enjoy prayer? What's that mean? Um, it was just it, five minutes seemed like 30 minutes Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. or longer. Uh, you know, it was a duty. I call it, you know, That's good. I, call, I, I think I wrote about this in my book, shifting from duty, or I'm sorry, shifting from discipline to delight and there being delight go. based. I had no delight in prayer. I thought it was just something we one were supposed to do like a mandate from the Lord, but it wasn't an enjoyable mandate. Right. Yeah. So, so um, and so for me, it, it just, it was taxing. It was long. It was boring because Darren, I thought prayer was mostly me telling God what I wanted him to do, i.e. Uh, pay my bills, i.e. give me a, yeah. a wife. Yeah. At that time I'm praying, these are my prayers, you yeah. know, give me a, a pay raise. And you know, those things are great. Do pray those. But I had no, uh, although I love the Lord and I desired intimacy with the Lord, I didn't understand how that could be married to prayer. And so for me, it, there was no uh, in prayer beholding the beauty of the Lord and letting him speak to my heart in that place of intimacy, you know? Yeah. So it sounds, it sounds to me like maybe what shifted was your understanding of his presence, right? Is that safe to yes, say? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That would be very safe to say. Because yes. I, know, yeah. I know, I know that yeah. you guys are, you guys are a presence based ministry right now, right? I mean, that's absolutely. something that you really yes. strive for. Yes. What does that what does that mean to you? The idea of a presence based ministry. Well, I think that it you know it mostly means that um, it's the word presence. If he's present, he's in there. 
he's in the present state of being. You know, the Lord began to show me uh, Matthew chapter six some time ago about how that the Lord, when he talked about, um, you know, not worrying, you know, he said, do not worry, do not worry. Um, in Matthew chapter six, it, it, we're, the issue of worry surrounded both uh, both sides of Matthew six thirty three. Yeah, seek first the kingdom of God. Both t- both sides of that. Yep. That that Matthew six thirty three that we all love is surrounded by the idea of do not worry. Worry stress. I'm, yep. Right. Worry is borrowing grace from tomorrow that does not Ooh. belong into today. Right. Yeah. So. The Lord began to show me. He actually spoke to me during this, um, and I want to get back to what you're saying. But no, that's good. The Lord began to show me. He said, "You know, the church has been really good at talking about the God who was, you know, the God who delivered us from the past, the God who has done these things. The church has even been good about talking about the God who is to come, the God who's, you know, who's going to come and 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 bring re- recompense for all. Have hope. All, Have hope. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes, but He said, Robbie, I want to baptize my church." And the awareness of the God who is. That's good. And and the Lord began to show me the presence, the present state of his being. You were right on with the church has been really good at celebrating who he's been, right? Our testimonies. And we've been sure. good at even holding on to hope of what what, yes. what could come. But you're right, man. Yes. Taking taking who he is right now and actually yeah. living, right? Yeah. Living with wonder, him. What, Wonder is the exact opposite of worry, right? Yeah. Worry is the wonder in the wrong world, in wow. the wrong reality, right? Yeah. And yeah. so worry is successful. The enemy is successful if he can steal our wonder because wonder is the engagement with the present, with the tension of That's good. he is so good, but I truly don't understand all of who he is. There's that glorious tension in our hearts. That's wonder, which mystery, all these things that we're called to live in, that tension of the present moment, these are good for the human heart. Yeah. And this this presence-based idea that God is with me right now. Mm. Uh, he obviously he's not worrying, he's not fretting, he's with me. He's wanting to cultivate union with me and talk to me and speak with me. Yeah. And so I begin to understand that. He began to call me into that lifestyle. Uh, of abiding in him and having that awareness of yes one he's present and also he's not present in the fact that okay i'm just going to be here because i have to be right yeah. there's plenty of dads uh, in the homes um that are they're there but they're not there That's good. right yeah and the lord began to show me that he's truly there and that he began to show me uh beloved identity and and who i was in him and and uh and, and if that makes any sense, it does. But, no, that's good, man. Um, yeah. One of the things we talked about last time we, we communicated was, uh, worship. Cause I know you're a worship guy. You came from the worship culture, right? Sure. And so were you doing that before you kind of got invited into this, this prayer thing? Like you were doing worship before that? Yes. Yeah. I was a worship leader. Um, uh, when I was 17, my brother had this crazy idea to start a worship band and, uh, <laughs> it, it was called fourth man. There you go. Daniel, you know, the fourth yeah. man. And, uh, he, I was actually, I actually grew up playing drums in church, but it was more of a Pentecostal, um, you know, that whole world. I didn't really understand intimate worship and Davidic yeah. worship. Harp and bowl was not even ever on my grid. Yeah. Um, and so, 
Um, so he, he wanted to start this worship band and he was being inspired through some of the sounds of Martin Smith and, uh, Matt Redman, some yeah. of those forerunners in yeah. the worship movement. Right. Yeah. So we started this worship team and then the pastor found out I started playing music with my brother and I just started playing keyboard. I got sucked into, I got talked into, uh, I got tricked. I should say, I was going to say you had it playing. right. Sucked in's a good word. I, I got tricked into playing much like the prayer minister. My pastor was really good at that. Yeah. He was really good at just throwing you out there with nothing to swim with, right? You had to sink or swim. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, I began to play keyboard grip. Uh, and so from about 18 ish, 19 ish, I began to lead worship at, at my local church and, I love worship and I loved worship and, and I didn't understand the parallel of worship and prayer. And they're really one reality. I mean, worship yeah. is just melodic prayer is all it is in essence. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. And so, um, and so the Lord began to marry those two worship and prayer together. So and that, oh, okay. Well, maybe prayer is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so wor- worship's a big part of what you guys still do right 127 yes yes when you're and i know this is something we talked about and i kind of liked what you had to say about it but when you're looking for the worshipers when you're looking for people that you're gonna put on stage to lead people into the presence what are you looking for what kind of thing are you looking for the best musicians or are you looking for you know what yeah. what kind of traits are you looking for when it comes to worship leaders sure so i think i shared this with you last time I, there's two things i look for uh the heart and the art yeah and and they're both important now obviously heart is i don't want to say um they're separate i don't want to I, I think there's a sequence let me say that instead of a separation there's a sequence i think heart has to be right first and then out of that come uh, the art. Yeah. And talent's talent's good. David talked about it in Psalm 33. You know, to play the Lord, play to the Lord skillfully with skill. So skill is good. I think we should be developing our skill, uh, and that's in any part of our world, any career. Yeah. We should always be yeah. increasing, right? That's the kingdom. The Every kingdom preacher is should be always getting better, increasing. Right? Yeah. So yeah. That, that includes skill. That's so, right. but it also, especially, uh, includes the heart. So what I look for first is that worshiping heart. And it's, you know, you know, as good as I do, it's easy to tell. It's easy to find. You can, I can, I can watch people in worship and, and, and I, I don't a lot, but I, if I wanted to, I could watch and go, Oh yeah, man, that, that person there. Yeah. They get they it. got the heart of David, yeah. you know? And so yeah. I look for that, but then we also, you know, we, we just, we do test, um, practically at the house of prayer. We do have an audition process where we test our skill. We have them play a song and we have a little questionnaire. So we want to have them to have a solid, at least a foundation that they can build on. You know, uh, we want, if they're a drummer, they need to be able to play in four, four, (laughs) you know, and and keep a tempo, you know, keep a rhythm. So, um, and that goes for any instrument, but I think it's a sequence heart that then is, uh, expressed in a skill and an art. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I know you guys call yourselves a equipping ministry too. What does that mean? What's the heart behind that? What do you, what's your, your mission in regards to equipping the body? Sure. Yeah. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, meaning that, um, you know, it's not about the man on the stage or it's not even about the two or three, four or five person staff member doing all the ministry. Our job 
is to actually equip them to do ministry, right? And yeah. so the apostolic mandate is to raise up other people, raise up other pastors, raise up other evangelists, raise up other teachers, prophets, and so on and so forth. That's the, I believe, Jesus's model, right? He gave, he gave, he distributed himself into mankind uh, in that, into that fivefold uh, ministry model. And so what we, we really believe in the fivefold, we believe that it's literal, uh, it's not figurative, it's literal. And God actually has five offices that are called to raise up others who go further than them. So that means for us that we, you know, we preach it a lot that, you know, I, my, my job is important as director at the house of prayer, but it's not the only job that's important, obviously. So what can you do in your realm of society in your career and your job as a teacher, dentist, stay at home mom, 60 hour a week, dad, whatever, what, where's, where's God anointed you and, and given you your, your metron, your, your influence, uh, in the earth. And so we really, uh, really trumpet that at the house of prayer and equipping them to do the work of the ministry. Has that always been something that's been a part of your life or is that something that you learned about? You know, in my personality, um, it has been, um, so the Lord didn't have to, when he began to now Ephesians four, hasn't always been like on my radar, you know, in fivefold, but when he began to teach me about, um, uh, fivefold and those being liberal offices, um, it, it, it came a little easier, Darren, because I come from a family who is a, uh, I'll use the term culture of honor. Yeah. My parents are, yeah. they're amazing at culture of honor and, and seeing the best in you and pulling that out. So it was normal for me to, um, to honor people and prefer people above myself. Um, and, and so I know that sounds, that may sound a little braggadocious. I didn't mean no, that, I but, get it. I but get it just it. became a little bit normal to say, okay, I'm not threatened by you. Uh, I don't want to tolerate you, right? I want to celebrate you. Yeah. And so it became easier, Darren. It did when the Lord began to teach me about Ephesians 4. But that didn't come to probably about, I'd say probably five years ago, Darren. Yeah. And then the Lord began to uh, personally teach me Ephesians 4. It was one of those passages I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. I've never seen this before. I've yeah. read it, but never seen it, right? And, and then I read a book called culture of honor by Danny Silk that just confirmed like almost everything the Lord was speaking, uh, specifically my calling. Uh, I began to see myself in that book. I go, Oh, that's why I think like that. Okay. That helps. Yeah. That makes sense. And then it began to, you know, me to call, call, so I love, I mean, when I got into the fivefold, man, when I, the understanding came, it's like, it changed everything. I mean, it changes like, sure. this is the purpose, you know? Yes. This is how he yes. built the church. And I love what you said about yes. lifting others up and not being afraid of them going higher and farther. Yes. Because it actually Can says I say that, this? Yeah, I could do it. You know, I, I had this conversation with my worship uh, director the other day. I said, you know what is so beautiful about our worship teams? We've got almost 40 music in-house musicians and singers. Wow. And we were just kind of talking about some of the, some of the uh, successes, some of the struggles, some of the things that are, you know, we're trying to do better at and prove at, and some things that we've felt like we've come a long way in. And we begin to just talk about just so thankful how that the Lord has built that culture of honor. And I think what is, you asked me a minute ago, what do I look for? Yeah. One thing I've learned to look for, Darren, is, when, when preference, when someone prefers another over themselves, I believe nothing is impossible. Wow. 
it's it's such a strong expression of love is preference. Yeah. And obviously we see it in the Godhead. Yeah. God the Father points to his son, son points to Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit points to Jesus, Jesus points to the That's Father. Good. It's just this ongoing round and round of honor and just preferring one another and just saying, look at them and look at and just it's beautiful. And so when we express that to one another, it, it's heaven. It's one way to see heaven established in our homes and our lives and our ministries is preference. It's honor. Honor is if you want to see heaven, look for honor. That's good. No, if we if we really believe in this heaven to earth thing, right? Yeah. That's yes. what that's what yes. it is. Yeah. That's yes. so good, man. I love that. Yeah. Well let's Talk to me about your book, man. Who do you say that I am? Discovering your glorious identity in Christ. I love the name. Talk to me about it. <laughs> I do. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this book came out of uh, Matthew 16, where Jesus, you know, uh, takes his d- disciples to Caesarea Philippi, and then asks them that man that awesome question: Who do you? Who do men say that I am? And they yeah. give you know some of their uh, you know, some of their answers and, and, and then he goes, but who do you? And then he just kind of stares them those eyes of fire to stare them down. Who do you say that I am? Yes. And, uh, and then they start, you know, obviously giving answers. And then, uh, Peter, you know, gives the, an- the answer. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, it's, he says, you're Christ, the son of the living God. And, uh, that that sonship became the 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 ring that the diamond would rest in, hmm. uh, and it would be it would be it would be the setting for the gospel to go forth. Would be sonship. Yeah. And so the Lord began to give me revelation of sonship uh, and some other things related to identity, but it's strong in sonship and and growing in maturity. And and my heart for this book is to see maturity. You know, Paul talked about it a lot. Ephesians four talks about it. You yeah. know, us growing into Christ, yes. one man mature, growing yes. in him in the fullness of Jesus. And so uh, that's my heart for the book is to see this book become just a small piece of the puzzle of what God is doing to raise up a mature people, mature sons uh, who represent him in the earth. So uh, it talks a lot about, um, I mean, there's 16 chapters and, uh, yeah. and you know, uh, a lot about sonship and just understanding who the father is. Uh, I think that's probably one revelation that the enemy has fought hard to 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 close off to the church yes. has been the revelation of father, right? Yeah, and so son. without the revelation of father, there's not the revelation of sonship, right? That's right. And so uh and so I talk a lot about the father and the revelation of that. So um it, it's fun. I love this, I love writing this book. It's you know, it, it was it was hard in a lot of ways in getting it produced. Uh yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of the obstacles that are 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 tough when producing a book. <laughs> and I, as far as sitting down and writing, I love to write and I love writing this book. It's yeah. just a passion of mine. Because Darren, I see the identity is so crucial in our journey with the Lord, it's right? Key. You know, it's key. It man. is. You know, we go we go right. back to, we go back to prayer and he taught them how to pray. Our Father, right? Our yes. And so I feel like that's, and I don't want to speak for you, but I know for me, that's what I was missing in my prayer life prior to understanding identity was I wasn't thinking of Him as Father. It was as sure, a sure. angry for for the most part, an angry God with His arms crossed, right? Absolutely, like waiting for yes. me to mess up. And I, I really yes. did have that that perspective of Him. And yes, when you, when you, when you know that he's your father, that identity as a son comes, like it just comes. Yes. 
and yes. it's a beautiful, you're right, man. That's, that is the key. I feel like in this, this kingdom journey for sure, because so many people don't have that. They don't see him as father. Sure. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. That's right. That's I, right. I mean, if, if you Amen. see, if you see him as father, you're not going to be walking around with your head down, man. <laughs> that's it. That's you're exactly not. right. Yes. You're not. Yes. That's, I mean, that's what Jesus came to reveal was the father. Yeah. I mean, he, everything, everything else that Jesus did was, was, was an uh, additive to the central uh, revelation, you know, for, for thousands of years, people had misunderstood the father yeah. and Jesus came to just line, to bring alignment to the body, to the people, so to good. his people and say, there's somebody that's not been talked a lot about. Yeah. You understand them as judge. You understand them as you know, this or that, but I've come to show the father and, and he did it so well. That's so good. <laughs> so, Perfect you know, representation, yeah, bro. That's so good. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about the times we're in right now. Things have changed a little bit since you and I talked last time. How has this COVID-19 thing, how has that affected you, your family, your ministry? Where are things at right now with you in regards to that whole thing? Sure. Um, you know, there's, uh, I think I shared with you earlier, the, the positives that this has done, it's caused us to slow down more family time, you know, uh, more quiet time yeah. <laughs> that's spiritually and naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, honestly, you know, personally, there's not been a lot of negative, um, uh, effect, uh, affecting for me. Um, the, probably the job has been the toughest where I have my own business. Yeah. Obviously that's been put on hold for a few weeks. Um, you know, that's, that could be a, I guess a negative or a, a, a challenge. I guess right. you could say a challenge. Yeah. Uh, that's been a challenge, but uh, you know um, the ministry, you know, the Lord's been faithful to the ministry and, um, and, and to provide what we need. So man, there's just been so many more positives than any negatives or challenges you know, in this season, uh, I think the the obvious challenge is just keeping your peace, right. And just staying in that place of peace yeah. for anybody, yeah. you know, that could be anybody who's listening or is going to hear this would say, yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty obvious. And so, um, you know, that's, I think with this season, I've learned to access peace in a new way that I didn't before. And, and, you know, that's, Hey that's man, good. thank God that you know, none of us would say, yeah, let's have a trial so we can grow in peace for sure. But it yeah. happens. And so we do, we find ourselves, we're like, oh, okay, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit better at practicing this peace than I was before. And so, uh, you know, I think that that's been a, uh, the challenge, but also the, the victory. Yes. All right. We're, we're growing in peace. Right. Yeah. yeah. So how yeah. do you, how do you yeah. feel like this is going to impact the church as a whole? I, I think it's going to be good. I yeah. think it's going to be good. I think it causes us to question our priorities yeah. uh, in what we put our faith in. Uh, in. In church life, I think it causes us to question uh, that sin, Sunday morning central uh, focus is where we're just so focused on one day a week that 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 Sunday morning service, it's got to be right. It's got to be, yeah. you know, quote unquote polished, or it's got to be this or that. And I think that we realize that after this, 
Sunday morning is great. I love Sunday morning for sure, but it's yeah. not as big as a deal as we think it is. Yeah, that's good. What if we What if we took that energy and 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 started doing more live streams or started doing more family life? I think that's one thing that we are going to grow in as the body, and that's been my prayer, Darren, is that we would grow in the family aspect of the kingdom. That's good, right? Yeah, and and so uh, it's easy to get when you get caught up in ministry to get organized, and the organizational thing starts all that, all that pressure starts coming in and you become a little bit more professional than when you first started out. And, and it's just, you <laughs> right. lose some of that, that raw family aspect. It's so easy to do. Any of us can say yes to that. Yeah. But I think that through this, the Lord has really said, you know what? Uh, I, I want to bring a, a family aspect to my, back to my church. That really was, you know, the Lord began to show me that if, if, if revival is the baby, then family are the arms that rock that baby. Yeah, that's And good. I think family is going to be that that setting that that context for revival to flourish. Not and not just flourish but continue and increase and uh in the earth is 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 that we uh begin to operate like a family. Yeah, that's you good. Know? That's good. You know. Yeah. So I think I really feel like I mean one of the things right off the bat for me that was it just an evident such an obvious word coming from heaven was the idolatry thing, you know, of like Mm. we've made, we've made Sunday morning an idol. We made March madness an idol. We've made all all of these. I mean, and that was right off the bat, bro. That's when, that's when this became real for me is when they canceled March madness. I was like, (laughs) I mean, seriously though, like there's a lot of money in that. There's a lot of, a lot (laughs) of things. And I think when that shifted, I'm like, the Lord's trying to do something here. You know, yes, he's trying yes. to shake up every, yes. everything we know as quote unquote normal. He's, he's got other plans. <laughs> yes, and so, yes. you know, that's, yes. that's, that's been my warning lately is I have no desire for this thing to end and for us to go back to normal. I don't, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that if, if we do that, we were not being very astute to what the Lord's trying to do right now. Yes. I think the expression of church is going to look different. And I'm, I'm even, I had this conversation with my worship uh, director the other day. I said, you know, I want Sunday morning to look more like the prayer room. Yeah. You know, cause as we grow, it's easy to, to say, okay, let's try to, let's try to, I probably don't say it. I don't say it like this, but I, uh, it, 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 it is, it's like, how do we relate to that person? Yeah. You know, maybe they're not as deep as some of the others. Let's try to, meet them where they're at. And, and I think that there's a lot of purity in some of that, but then there's also a lot of, there can be a, a compromise from what you're really tr- truly called to be. Right. That's right. And so, uh, I, I really, I'm like through this, I'm going, man, I just want Sunday morning to just be another prayer room expression. I love it. You know, and, yeah. and, and spontaneity and prophetic and, and, yes. and let the Lord sort out you know, all the different levels of maturity in the room, let him sort all that out. Yeah. But I know what God's called us to do. Let's just do it. Let's be family. Let's love one another. Let's not get too serious. Yeah. You know, my pastor used to say, don't take, don't take yourself too serious. Nobody else does. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think we got it. We got to enter back into to having fun and just enjoying this process, man. Yeah. You I, know, joy's got to be central. I love the idea of this becoming more of an adventure, you know, and I, even Sunday morning, man, it would be so nice to have less expectations, you know, 
the only ex- expectation I want to have is that yes. Jesus is going to be there, you know? Yeah. And that we can celebrate together as brothers right. and sisters of what right. he's doing. And so, yeah, that's, it's coming, man. I feel like that's the shift that's coming for sure. So I'm excited about it. We do have to be ready, you know, as, as the leaders and as the, the, the ministers in this thing, we've got to be ready to, to go with the flow of what the Holy Spirit wants to do yeah. in this thing, man. Come on, Darren. That's, That's good. good. That's awesome. Amen. Well, man, Amen. I want to, I want to bless you. Is that cool? We pray for you real quick. And uh, yes, we'll, yes. A- anything else you'd like to add? Where can people go to get a hold of your book? Where can they go? Okay, you can go to uh, it's on Amazon. So those that like Amazon, it is yeah. Prime. Get it in two days. So that's probably the most popular. It's on, uh, it's on, it's paperback, yeah. Kindle, and audiobook. So okay. three options on on that. Uh, you can go to audible.com for the audiobook as well. Uh, but then you can also go to 127hop.com. That's O N E 27 H O P.com. And uh, you can go to just click on store, it'll take you right there. And the book's on there. Uh, all my books are on there. So, yeah. And I want to encourage people to go to RobbieAtwood.com too. You've got some blogs up, right? Yes. Yeah. I I love, of course I'm a writer, so I love you've been putting out some good content, man. And, uh, you guys can check, check out what he's doing. I I think, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to let the viewers know. I'm going to let them, uh, let them down. Don't be too, don't be too, uh, uh, expecting of updates. (laughs) I don't update my website. Do you feel like 127 is more, more updated frequently? Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, yeah, which, you know, we have a blog. I need to update our blogs more. I, I write a lot, but I just write and just yeah. follow it away. It's just, yeah. it's, I need to start putting it out there. You do. So. You All do. Right. That, was, that was the Lord speaking to you right now. Get that done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Lord. I just prophesied to myself. Dude. Yeah, there you go. Let me pray, bro. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for Robbie, and I thank you for his heart, Father, for your presence. I thank you for his passion for who you are, his passion for understanding and learning every single day more and more about his Mm -hmm. sonship with you, Father. And I thank you just for the drive that you've given him to teach others about that same thing. So I thank you that he doesn't, he hasn't learned this in a selfish way. He's learned this to give this. And so I thank you for every, every bit of revelation that you've given him, Father, is just flowing right through him. And I just, I thank you. I bless his family. I bless him and his wife both, Father, during this time right now. I thank you for protecting them. I thank you for what you've, what you've poured into uh, this ministry in Somerset, Kentucky, mm-hmm. Father, I thank you that it's it's about to burst open to the entire yes. region, Father. I thank you for blowing open the region if, in, in, yeah. in Somerset, Kentucky, Father. And I just thank you for mm-hmm. every, I just pray right now, Father, for the creative juices to really mm-hmm. get flowing in, Robbie. I thank you, Father, for the words that are going to come from pen to paper, for the words yeah. that are going to come through a, a microphone, through a camera, Father. Mm-hmm. I just thank you that you're opening him up right now to new things. I see you taking him deeper, Father. Mm-hmm. I see you taking him deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper. And I thank you that in those deep places, revelation revelation comes in Jesus' name. Yeah. So we thank you, Father, yeah. for everything that you have for him. And I just, mm. I, I just, I thank you for setting up Robbie to be a beacon. Mm. 
Hmm. I thank you for setting hmm. him up to be a beacon, Father, that he has stayed energized and he has stayed plugged in to who you are. We thank you for that. I pray blessing over 127 in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. You killed it with that prayer. <laughs> Bro, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you coming on again and uh, really do. I'm, yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for what the Lord's got for you guys. Man, thank you, bro. Thank you. No, man, I appreciate you, bro. I'll be praying for you. Uh, I'll be checking you out from afar. How about that? Man, thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, let's, let's stay in touch, man. Let's do let's it. Stay in touch. I'm down. Yes. I'm down. Awesome, man. Bye, buddy. Bless you, man. Darren, love you, man. Love appreciate you. Too. you. See ya. Oh,